Hey, welcome to New Life Church. Glad to have you guys here with us. I want to welcome you at our Carney campus. My name is Jeff. I have the unique privilege of being the lead pastor of New Life Church. I want to welcome everybody at our North Platte campus. And today is our grand opening. It is the grand opening of our Ogallala campus today, right now. So come on, let's give it up for everybody. Come on, let me hear you. All campuses. Yeah. I am so thankful and so excited you guys showed up. You're here for the first Sunday of our new teaching series called Playlist. That's what the video was all about. So if you're in Ogallala or North Platte, it was right center screen right here, and then poof, it goes away, and here I am. That's right. You can't get rid of me. All right. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, Playlist, man, this is, what, this is where we're going, right? Uh, we're going in this new teaching series. So the grand opening, the grand o- some of you are going like, well, you've been holding services out there. What's this deal with the grand opening? Yeah, that's our hope that we got all the bugs worked out, and now we're official. We just had a, this morning at Ogallala, uh, we had the, um, a group of people come out, officials from the city, officials from the Chamber of Commerce, and they came out and they did a big ribbon-cutting ceremony. So it's official. We're in Ogallala. We're there to stay. We're there to see people find Jesus and see their lives change, and it's exciting. Yeah. So, welcome to the future. Welcome to the future. Uh, this song, Future, why, why do we even do playlists? Uh, we do playlists because we want to perpetuate a passionate worship in our church. And we've discovered over the years that when you know what you're singing, there's more passion behind it. When you know the story behind the lyrics, And in worship, when you're able to connect the lyrics back to God's word, and you see and you recognize where you're singing actually God's word, right? Where you're proclaiming the very character and the nature of God, that can really be encouraging. And it can create passion inside of you. It connects you to the song, and it lets you just release yourself and go, God, I'm just worshiping you with everything inside of my heart right now. And so that's the real reason and why we do playlists. 
Okay? So this song, Future. Future was written by uh, a group of uh, songwriters out of River Valley Church in Minneapolis. Uh, it's a church that we, we actually follow. We've been up there before a couple of times. Uh, we'll do some of their other songs around here. And um, anyways, it's a song that was really inspiring to me. I'm going to tell you about that in just a second. But I want you to um, follow with us throughout this teaching series. So if you're on Facebook, please follow New Life Church because we just put a post out on Facebook this morning and on our Instagram account that gave you a snapshot of the songs that are getting ready to come up in playlists. So that way you can go and you can listen to them before we ever get there. Right? So you can go to iTunes, you can download them, you can go to Spotify, you can listen to it, you can go to your Pandora account, you can listen to it, right? If you don't know anything about what I just said, ask the youngest person closest to you. <clears throat> They'll help you out, okay? And that way you can listen to the songs before we ever get there. So follow us on social media so you can get little hints and tools just like that. Future. I knew this was a song that I wanted to bring to our church the day that I was sitting <coughs> Excuse me. The day I was sitting in my living room, and um, it was our family fall huddle. So it happened a few weeks ago, the last weekend, basically, of October. And I'm there, and I think it was my wife, or it was my son, Andrew, and they said, Dad, you got to hear this song from River Valley. It's called Future. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything else, so let's go ahead and play it. So one of them turns to the Google Home device that's sitting in our living room, like maybe is in like a lot of your houses, and they said, hey, Google, play Future by River Valley. And then, boom, the song you just heard came on. And instantaneously, around the living room with other adults, heads started bobbing, right? Feet started tapping. It was kind of like, that's a catchy beat. Yeah, man. You know, life like you made it, I want to live it here. Right? And I'm like, this is... I I can't even understand all the words at the moment, okay, because it's kind of fast, and I didn't have a lyrics video to keep me in tune with what's going on, but I, all of a sudden I watch the grandkids who are playing with toys and trying to get my walls to a point where I have to repaint them after the holiday weekend, and you know they start turning their attention towards this music that's coming out of this Google Home device, and now they're up and they're dancing around the living room. People are smiling, everyone's happy, the song comes to an end, and it's almost kind of like a, ah. Oh. And then one of the grandchildren says this, just a little grandchild, says this right next to the Google Home device. Hey, Google. <laughs> hey, Google, play, play Fucho by Wibble Wowie. <laughs> and to my surprise, Google started playing the song again. And I'm like, I can't even get Google to do the things I want it to do. <laughs> I'm yelling at Google at times, Google! Right? And she says, hey, Google, and it plays. <laughs> Try that at your next home device, okay? And the song plays again. People are smiling. Kids are dancing. And then the song plays again. <laughs> and again and again. You get the picture, right? Until we had to turn Google off. It was catchy, and it brought life. And there's a reason for that. The reason is the overarching theme of the song that speaks to the hope that we have in God. The hope that we have in God to, you know, use our day and to protect our future. It's the hope that we have in God who knows your future. It, it brought hope to people when they heard it. So look at the chorus with me one more time. It says, life like you meant it, I can't contain it. Hope in the here and now. What a wide horizon in the rush of heaven. Life like you made it, God, I want to live it, wilder than all my dreams, such a great adventure, 
Welcome to the future. It's these words that we're going to sing later on in our service at all of our campuses. These words bring us back to the character of God and the hope that he brings. Later on in the song, though, it says this, and this is the crux of the entire song. This is the backbone of it all. I know who holds, say it with me. When you know who holds tomorrow, it gives you the ability to live confidently today. When you know who holds tomorrow, who holds tomorrow, church? Jesus does. When you know that Christ holds tomorrow, it gives you the confidence to live for him today, no matter what you're facing. That's the crux of that song, but what's the foundation? What's the biblical foundation that really spun the song off? What, what really drove the songwriters to start writing this song called Future? They'll take you back to Psalms 139, verses 3 through 5. They said this is the verse that really got inside of their heart and started saying, let's proclaim this truth of God's word through song. So let's read it. Let's read it. You just read it along with me to yourself. But it says this, you are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. Does he know the future? Yeah. You know every step I'll take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. It's a powerful, powerful imagery of Scripture, of the character and the nature of God who goes into our future and he prepares a way. Church, that does not mean that your future is going to be easy. That does not mean that your future is going to be without moments that cause you to drop to your knees and that are painful. That does not mean because God goes into our future that God goes in like a snowplow and moves everything out of the way. There's a reason why we walk through pain on this earth. There's a reason why God will lead us through difficult times. And there's a reason why our sin will cause difficult moments to happen. And we try to blame it on God, but really a lot of it comes from our own sin. I want you to know this, God holds your future in his hands. And because God holds your future, I want to suggest to you today that this, that today's troubles don't have to overwhelm you. That if we truly believe that God holds tomorrow in his hands, he's the God of the future, <clears throat> then the troubles of today seem to diminish when we remind ourselves of that. But when we forget about the fact that God is ultimately supremely in control of all things, then today's troubles tend to overwhelm us. I want to tell you that because God holds the future, today's troubles don't have to overwhelm you. Here's what verse 1 of the song, here's what it says. It says, there in the days when your heart feels like it's caving in. All of us have days when it feels like our heart's caving in. I want you to remember a day when your heart was caving in. Could have been the day that all of a sudden you put all the numbers together and you realized how deep in debt you actually were. It could have been something even grander than that, like the day that you lost a loved one. It could have been the day when it felt like the world was caving in when you lost your job. It could feel like the day when maybe you got that health diagnosis that came out of nowhere that you didn't foresee coming and it kind of overwhelmed you. I want you to think about a day when it felt like life 
was caving in because some of you, I know this, with the size of church we have in three campuses, there are people listening to my voice right now that would say, those words define my life today. I feel like right now, Jeff, that my life is caving in all around me. And everywhere I turn, it's like I can't escape this black hole of destruction that keeps happening around me. I don't even want to pick up the phone the next time that my cell phone rings. I don't want to open up the next email. I don't want to look at the next text because I'm worried about, is it just going to be one more area of my life where it feels like it's caving in? Church, we all go through moments like that. And I want to give you hope and I want to, I want to encourage you to, to trust in the Lord and have courage because God actually holds your future. I want, you to take, I want to take you back to what Matthew has to say in Matthew chapter 6. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he, being God, Jesus, he will give you everything that you need. Read, read verse 34 with me. So don't worry about tomorrow. We can have faith in God because he is the only one who can supply your needs when you're walking through troubled times today. And we can have faith in God because he's the only one who holds the future in his hands. And that's why when we, when we look at the rest of verse 1, I just think it's profound and powerful. It says, so there the peace begins. Sure as the dawn calls the sun, Jesus, we hear your love. Call out the light in us. Let me just take you back to this. So there. What are they even talking about? So there. It's this. So there. When your life feels like it's caving in, here's the principle of God. That's when peace begins. Why? Because when life caves in, one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to turn towards Jesus. I wish that we would do it before it caved in. But sometimes God goes, I'm going to let you walk through a season that's difficult. It's going to feel like it's caving in because I want to get your attention focused back on me again. And guys, when you walk through seasons when it's caving in and you turn to God, you're turning to the right source, the source of hope. Sure as the dawn calls the sun, I mean, look, when the light of truth breaks forth and it pushes back darkness, that's a day when peace comes in. When you, feel, when you finally start to hear how much Christ loves you and that he's for you and he's not against you and that he's with you, no matter what you're walking through, peace starts to come in. This is what Jesus encourages us to do. Jesus is the one who encourages us to call out to him and have faith in him even when we walk through seasons when it feels like life's caving in. Look what Jesus said in John 16. He goes, I've told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. Peace, why? Because in this world, you and me will have trouble. In this world, we're going to face troubles. It's inevitable. We're all going to do it. But Jesus says, take heart. I've overcome the world. That, my friends, is super good news. For today's trouble, Jesus can provide peace. For tomorrow's future, Jesus has already overcome the world. So when we sing this song, I encourage you, bring your troubles to Christ. Bring them to him. Have courage that God holds your future in his hands. Why? Because Jesus has already overcome the troubles of this world, and he's actually already overcome the world to come. Do you know that when this world ends for you, when your heart stops beating, you breathe your last breath, that Jesus hasn't just overcome this world, but he's overcome the world to come? That he's already in heaven waiting for you? 
Guys, I'm telling you, when you put your faith and your hope in him, you don't have to be overwhelmed by the troubles of today, and you don't have to worry about what tomorrow brings because we worship the God of our future. Since God holds your future, can I just recommend this to you? That your best days are still ahead of you? I know, it's cliche to say, isn't it? So let me just make it even more cliche. If you're 18 years old, your best days are still ahead of you. Anybody over 18 years old, would you agree with me? Yeah. There's a lot of great days ahead of you, all right? Your best days are still ahead of you. If you're 50 years old, come on. If you're 50 years old, your best days are still ahead of you. If you are, yeah, if you were anywhere close to 50, you should have been saying amen to that, okay? (laughs) But watch this. If you're 85 years old, what am I going to say? Thank you for believing the best in me, by the way. Because you never know what I might say. If you're 85 years old, your best days are still ahead of you. Let me tell you why I can say that with such confidence. Because if Jesus Christ is your Lord and your leader, you have eternity with Jesus to look forward to. You could be 99 years old laying on your deathbed with your last breath ever. Your family's all around you, and you look at them with this interesting smile on your face, and you say to them, my best days are still ahead of me. My best days are still ahead of me. That's what I love about verse 2. And, and, the, and this, the, the psalmist, the modern-day psalmist, writing God's heart for us to worship with today. He says, they say this, there will be days when you find that you can't believe your eyes. Faith, it brings your world to life. Breathe in the air. It's a gift. Come on, just let it in. Your best days are still ahead. Because there's days when you're going to experience the blessing of God in such a way that's so tangible that it's completely overwhelming to you in a great way. Let me tell you some examples of days that you've experienced the blessing of God, right? That just the tangible in such a way that caused you to go, the best days are still ahead of us. It's like when your first child was born. When your first child was born, and I take you back to that emergency room, delivery room, and your first child was born, not the third or fourth. Okay, I got routine by then. Sorry, third and fourth children. But when the first child was born and you held that child in your arms, there was something about the tangible blessing of God that caused you to think our best days are still ahead of us. When, if, you're, if you're a parent with adult children, right, and if you have an adult child that's a prodigal who's turned away from God, and then they turn back to God and they commit their life to God, there's something about that moment that is so tangible and overwhelming that it causes the heart of mom and dad to sleep better that night, but also to say the best days are still ahead of us. There's something about being in prayer with God and God shows up in a tangible way and it just completely overwhelms you and his word comes to life and you sense his presence right there with you in that room of prayer, in that moment of prayer that causes you to say our best days are still ahead of us. But let me tell you one profound truth that if the church as believers, as seekers, you would come to know Jesus and you would come to this realization, it would cause you also to think that the best days are ahead of us. And that's when you spiritually wake up and in your spiritual journey you finally begin that when you, you finally begin to believe that when Jesus became my Lord and my leader, eternity with God started then. I'm not waiting for heaven to come. Eternity with God does not start in heaven. 
Eternity for the believer starts when they make Jesus Christ the Lord and leader of their life. How would that radically change your hope for the days ahead to be better? It should radically change it. If you actually started to believe that eternity with God started the day I surrendered my life to Jesus, I guarantee you it would change your faith. It would change the way you pray. It would change the way you worship. It would change the way you tell other people about Jesus. It would change the way that you work with your finances. It would change the way that you lead your kids. Everything would change. Because eternity with God isn't something I'm waiting for. It is a blessing that started already. I want you to think about that one truth just for a minute. Let it soak in for a second. If you have made Jesus your Lord and your leader, you are living in eternity with God. Listen, there's never going to be a day of separation between you and God again. You stay faithful and keep your eyes committed to him and your heart committed to him. And the Bible commands this. It tells us that to be absent from this body is to be present with Christ. You will not notice a moment without Christ in your life. It will only get better and better and better. With that truth, go back to this past verse, verse 2. Look at this truth just through that lens of eternity with God has already started for you. And think of it this way. There will be days when you find you can't believe your eyes. Faith brings your world to life. I'm telling you. You think about the idea that eternity with God's already already started. I can't believe my eyes. I just can't believe it. Like, man, it just makes the intimacy with God so much closer. It makes the reality of my relationship with him you know, so much more valuable. It makes the input that I'm investing into this relationship something that's more tangible, that's going to last for eternity, and it's not just for this brief moment like a vapor that my life exists on this earth. It almost blows my mind away. I can't believe my eyes. Here's the other thing it will do. It brings your world to life. It starts to make what you're living for more worth it. It starts to make what you're living for more exciting. When you start to think that, man, eternity with God's already started, it changes the way you see the world. So here's what I need you to do. Breathe in the air. Breathe in this truth. It's a gift from God, by the way. Come on. Just let it in, people. Soak it in. Let the truth of that message soak into your heart. And then if you do, then you'll say with me that your best days are still ahead of you. That's what will happen. You'll come alive. You'll see the best days are still ahead of me. Thinking about the God who holds our future in our hands and that the best days are still ahead of us and that the troubles of this world don't need to overwhelm us. Did you realize that we've been singing about that for almost 100 years in worship already? How many of you guys remember growing up in a church where you walked in, there was pews and there were hymn, hymnals? How many of you guys remember that? It's before we sang all the weird off-the-wall songs. <laughs> you remember that. I remember that as a kid. There's a guy by the name of James Rowe. He wrote, he was born back in the 1800s, lived into the early 1900s. He wrote somewhere around 9,000 hymns, poets, poems, excuse me, and other Christian writings that got published. 9,000! That's incredible, by the way. James Rowe, and in 1922, he had one of his hymns published, Dread Not the Things Ahead. See if this, this hymn from almost 100 years ago doesn't overlay perfectly with this song we're going to sing even today. And it, what it's going to tell you is this, that God's word is timeless, 
In a world where we don't want anything to be timeless, we want everything to be progressive, and everything changes, and it gets, it gets better and better, and we lose the emphasis of where we first started, God's word is timeless, church. And the truth he was speaking to the hearts of psalmists 100 years ago is the same truth the Holy Spirit is speaking to the heart of psalmists today. Take a listen to what they sang 100 years ago. Dread not the things that are ahead. The burden's great, the sinking sands, the thorns that o'er the path are spread. God holds the future in his hands. Listen to the refrain. God holds the future in his hands, and every heart he understands. On him depend, he is your friend, he holds the future in his hands. It's timeless. It's a timeless truth of God. They sing it in hymn form 100 years ago. We're singing it in this new modern form now here in you know, 2019, soon to be 2020. But it's timeless because it's God's word. What makes it timeless? God himself makes it timeless. That God holds the future in his hands. And that God is a God of the future and that we should trust him with our future. And not get stuck in some decade past. You find that when God speaks to the prophet Isaiah. When he was reminding Isaiah to tell the people, hey, don't forget, I am the God who rescued you out of Egypt. I am the God who rescued you out of slavery. And this is what God said to the prophet Isaiah, which is God speaking to you and me today, by the way. I am the Lord who opened up a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. God split the Red Sea, right? I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Listen to what God says next. Say it with me. But, don't, but forget all of that. Let's read it one more time. But forget all of that. What? Forget it? Seriously? Like this is so powerful. It's so amazing. All the miraculous things that only God, you could do. And God goes to the people, but forget all of that. I have a reason for it though. I don't want you just to forget it, forget it. I want you to forget it because I have a reason. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do for I am about to do something new. Church, hear me. God's getting ready to do something new in your life. God's got a future. He already knows. He's already gone ahead of you. He knows what he wants to do. He's got something new in your life. Don't get stuck in the glory days. Don't get stuck in some decade where God did something tremendous in your life and you set up shop right there and you stayed there and you lived there. Don't get stuck in man-made traditions. Don't get stuck in the glory days. Keep your eyes on the God of the future and keep moving forward with him. He's got things that are better than anything that you can imagine. The best days are still ahead of you no matter what troubles you're going through right now. With that attitude, let's look right back at the chorus one last time before I wrap this message up. Life, like you meant it, God. It's even hard. I can't contain it. When I think about the life, God, that you called me to live, I can't hardly contain it. Church, when you think about the God who created all things and he knows your future and he's gone ahead of you, I'm telling you, that's overwhelming. It's hard to contain it. But I have hope in the here and now. Why? Because of what Jesus did in my life. What a wide horizon in the rush of heaven. What vast opportunities there are in the light of Christ. What amazing things God might have for my future. How could I pigeonhole it to one thing or to another when it's so vast, the God of all creation, in the rush of heaven, in the scope of Jesus, all things are possible. 
Life like you made it, God. I want to live it. Wilder than all my dreams. Beyond anything I could fathom or write in my own story. Such a great adventure. Welcome to the future. Church, let's just boil this down to one simple thing I'm asking of you today. And that's this. Commit to living life like God made it. Just commit to that. Commit to living life like God made it. For he is the only one who holds the future in his hands. And that church should give us hope. Just like the 37 people today at New Life Church that are getting baptized. Yeah. They got hope. They got hope. They have hope in a God. They committed their life to him. They said this, I'm committing my life to you. I'm trusting you for, to, for today, and I'm trusting you for the future. And they're getting ready to make a public proclamation of that in water baptism at Kearney, in the North Platte, and those eight people that are making that step in Ogallala. Basically what they're saying is this, the old me is gone, and the best days are ahead. Why? Because of what Christ has done and who he is. He is the God who holds our future. And church, with that attitude, I think we should stand, we should pray, and we should worship the God who holds our future in his hand. Amen? Amen. Come on, stand with me. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and it's through the power of Jesus' name that we have hope in the here and now. But it's also through the power of Jesus' name that we trust you for a future that only you've made. You, you meant it, and you built it, and you made it, and I want to live it. So Lord, help my life line up with you. Help my life line up with your truth. Lord, for those that are going through a season of trouble right now that might feel overwhelming and the world's caving in around them, may peace start to overwhelm, overwhelm their troubles right now in Jesus' name. For those who have been feeling like spiritually they're living in the mundane and they're living in just the, the repetitiveness of it all, may we be reminded today that, Lord, the best days are still ahead of us because eternity with God has started in our surrender and our belief of him. For those who are far from Christ today, God, I pray that today they would have heard a message that inspires them to say, I want that hope. I want to get up and dance like those grandchildren did in that living room. I want something to live for. Lord, I pray that today they would feel the embrace of Christ. They would feel the rush of heaven come into their life right now in Jesus' name. Penetrate their heart. Bring truth. And we would all in this room... Find our, find our way, surrendering ourselves to Christ one more way today, because you hold the future in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.